Have I been talking about Rodgers that much? Is this something that I've been doing to the point? In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! In the Big Ten Championship! He's in And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. We're going to save the uh, for tomorrow. We need Eric here. <coughs> Excuse me. And Eric Fry. <sighs> it's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. What's up out there here on this Wednesday? You know what that means. It's also turn the calendars over. It's the first, first of November. That's right, a 20 and 20 and 3. And uh, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you for the next hour here on ESPN Radio. Of course, we got a good show uh, lined up for you, as always, uh, post-Halloween. Uh, coming up, we'll be hitting up on uh, some uh, local sports. Not a lot of local sports happening uh, last night, uh, but uh, there are some sectional championships that is on a tap before tonight in uh, volleyball. So we'll get set for uh, those coming up, as well as the uh, NFL uh, trade deadline has uh, come and uh, gone. And, you know, just about what we expected. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, some moves made. 49ers are loading up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no real uh, two big names uh, switching teams or anything like that. But uh, the Raiders did get rid of their coach as well as a few other people there in Vegas. Yeah. So just cleaning house there, but did not ship off Devontae Adams. So Well, that's probably why they got rid of the coach. <laughs> that's probably so. So And the GM. We'll hit up on uh, that. And uh, we'll also be uh, taking a look at uh, some of the uh, college football rankings. They also went about as w- what we expected mm-hmm. uh, there in the, at least the four, mm-hmm. the top four. Maybe you could say the order. Yeah, I was going to say. That's the argument that you can be made. But I don't think anybody is surprised of the uh, top four uh, there. So we'll explore that. Uh, We'll hit up on uh, some NBA, some NHL, of course. NBA, Phoenix Suns, looking at you. We'll talk about that. Yeah, and how I'm now a believer. You believe? The second coming is here. <laughs> All right. Or is it the third? I don't know. But. I don't know. It might be a third, fourth, something like that. So we'll hit up on that. And, of course, we'll be uh, talking about the uh, World Series 
as well as uh, Rangers pulled off yep. there uh, last night. And whatever I don't get to here in the uh, Trusher show, we get to in the uh, podcast in some sort of fashion. And don't forget Game 5 tonight, 6 o'clock, right here on 99 The Game. Game 5 of the World Series. So, so make sure you tune in because mm-hmm. could it be the last well, game of the season? I mean, it could. Potentially. It could, potentially, but I... I I, I like I said, Travis. I backed the D backs train. Mm-hmm. You did. Uh, I'm not feeling 100 percent about that. Not right feeling now. too confident. No. Uh-uh. Right now. No. Mm. Plus, in the power level, a bit of NASCAR too. Uh, a little bit of a NASCAR action uh, coming at you into mm-hmm. the pod, of course, with the uh, season finale uh, coming up uh, this weekend on a Sunday. Yep. There in and we're talking Phoenix. A, a paint scheme that was released today. Ooh. We're about that coming up in a little bit. Nice. So we'll get to that in the pod as well. You can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast, iTunes or Spotify, the website, fmradio.com as well. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, get into it here, and uh, let's uh, jump start this uh, show with what we always do. It's a segment we call First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And we're starting there in uh, baseball. We're starting in the, the World Series as uh, game number four was uh, last night. And uh, things got interesting uh, late, but uh, they were not interesting there for a while as the uh, Rangers. They are, and uh, they won this one 11 to 7 was the uh, final score there as the uh, Diamondbacks, their strategy of doing a bullpen day, bullpen start, did not work out whatsoever as the Rangers jumped on them early and often there and ended up coming away with the win. And they have the most dangerous lead in all of sports. We'll get to it in a second, but they're up 3-1 now, and they're on the brink of their first World Series championship after game four. Yeah, and, you know, it came out earlier in the day that, you know, that uh, Garcia would be done for the the season, and, and Scherzer's done for the series, and I, I was like, all right, well, this is the game Diamondbacks need to have, you know, turn it around here without the, the main guy, and hmm. did not matter. No, they did not. Did not matter. Five runs there in the top of the second for the Rangers, and then they piled on five more into the uh, third. So, uh, yikes, not good pitching wise. For that bullpen star for the D-backs. Yeah, in the second inning, Travis scored five runs, like you said, and they hit for a team cycle in that uh, inning. A team cycle. Yep, Oof. in the inning. Wow. Um, they became the first team to hit for the cycle within an inning of a World Series game since 1991 Braves. Mm. Those runs, Travis? Yeah, it seemed like they mm. had a lot of those runs come up with yep. the two outs. That was insane how they came up with those. And Corey Seager, I mean, he, he has did stepped it again. up. He did yep. it again. Third homer of the series. Uh, became the first shortstop to hit three home runs in a World Series. The first Rangers player to hit three home runs in a World Series. And his 19 career postseason home runs are the second most by a shortstop in MLB history behind Mr. Derek Jeter with 20. And they're the second most by a left-handed hitter behind Kyle Schwarber, who also has 20 as well. So, uh, Corey Seager, I mean, 
yeah, uh, it was a historic start, like you said, for the Rangers. First team in World Series history to score five-plus runs in consecutive innings within a single game. Yeah. First team in MLB postseason history to score five-plus runs with two outs on consecutive innings, Travis. Yeah. They put up another five in the third. Insane. Third team in the World Series history to score 10-plus runs through the first three innings. And 10 two-out runs are tied for the third most in a postseason game in MLB history. Wow. Yeah, so uh, history all over the place, uh, as well as Texas. It's now their 10th consecutive road win this postseason, and that's good for the longest road win streak in a single postseason, as well besting in the uh, New York Yankees from uh, 99 to 2000, I believe. Yeah, and we talked about how you know Corey Seager did, did what he did, but let's not forget the other man who was signed, Marcus Simeon, five RBIs in those uh, innings. Right. Five retired for the most by a Rangers player in a postseason game and most by a leadoff his- hitter in a World Series game all time behind Dan Gladden in 1987 and Davey Lopez in 1978. Mm-hmm. Simeon and Seager became the second pair of one-two hitters with at least seven RBIs in a World Series game, along with Tony Womack and Danny Batista for the 0-1 D-backs. Travis, ah. the numbers are now on the Rangers' side. Yeah. It's the 0-1 D-backs. Whoever controls those numbers uh-huh. is going to win this series. <laughs> and right now they're in the hands of the Rangers. They are. Ah, everything's coming up Texas yep. uh, there. But, yeah, like you were saying, there was Seager and Simeon. They combined four for ten, seven RBIs in a game four. So, uh, finally, after a couple of years, it took a little bit. But those two are showing up when they matter most and earning those contracts. Uh, that they signed the two seasons ago uh, there. So uh, they, they're stepping up when they need them most. They also got, you know, also role players stepping up as well with uh, Garcia going down. You had uh, Janikowski. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Janikowski was two for four and had a couple RBIs as well at the bottom of the lineup too, filling in in his first postseason action. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Rangers, yep, they got all the momentum here, and, and all that's on them. Let's look forward, Travis. Let's let's look forward. Do you say, oh man, maybe maybe you know the Diamondbacks can come back tonight? Well, pitcher for the Diamondbacks in that World Series of 01, yep, the numbers was. with Rangers, yeah. and Evaldi has a 1.33 ERA in potential series clinchers, the sixth lowest in postseason history. Yep, that's right. A broadcast uh, called him last night, big game Nate. Yep. And we'll see what what happens tonight yeah. with Avaldi uh, there on the mound and uh, Zach Gallen going for the D-backs for Game 5. And if the Rangers clinch it, Travis, mm-hmm. you'd have to think Corey Seager probably the MVP, right? I would say so, yeah, now with uh, Garcia out. Yep. If he were to win it, he'd become the fourth player in MLB history to win multiple World Series MVPs as he won it in 2020 he did, with yep. the Dodgers, um, along with Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is the only one to do it with two different teams. Corey Seager would join that list as well. And, of course, we know if the Rangers win, they'd win their first ever World Series. And that would only leave five teams who have never won a World Series. Yep, only five. Do you know them? Uh, the Brewers. Brewers are one. Uh, the uh, Rockies. Yep. The... Uh, um, those are the only two I can think of right now. The Mariners? Yep. Got two more. Um, one on the east, one on the west. Let's see. The, uh, on the east. On the east. 
Oh, the Rays? Rays, yep. Yeah, one more. It's on the West Coast. Oof. The West Coast? West Coast. Oh, the Padres? Yep. There you go. There you Good go. Job, I got Travis. him. We finally got him. You got we, all we, five. We worked through it. Hey. That's a win. <laughs> Not not speed, but we got him. It's not speed. Uh, it's there. how fast you know it. Or how you know. Not exactly. How fast you I guess know. so. I guess so. There. So, uh, hey, to the Diamondbacks' credit, though, they did uh, come on strong there in the eighth and ninth innings a little too late there. So there was a packed house there last night. Give them something at least to cheer about there. Right. Maybe if you want to have a positive to take away, a uh, moral victory, if you will, uh, it was like a 11-1 to 1. At one point, and then uh, the Diamondbacks uh, cut it to only eleven to seven. So uh, maybe there's something to to say about that. Uh, at least they show that they can get to uh, the Rangers and uh, they can get to some of that bullpen uh, there. Yeah, but with Evaldi on the mound, I mean, if he goes six strong, you're in a lot of trouble with the way this Rangers offense has been playing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, that's – I'm trying. I'm trying for you, D-backs. I know you are. But, I know. I appreciate it. But it's uh, not looking good for your chances. And in the uh, best-of-seven postseason series, teams holding a 3-1 edge have gone on to win the series 78 of 92 times. That's an 85% percentage. But the most recent team to rally from a 3-1 deficit was Corey Seager's 2020 Dodgers team against the Braves in the NLCS. But, of course, the most recent team to do so in the World Series was 2016, of course, the uh, Cubs. That's right. As they were down 3-1, and they won uh, game 6 and a 7 there to uh, snap their World Series drought there. And Rollis Chapman was also on that squad as well in 2016 mm-hmm. and of course on the rangers so yep yep he maybe. is the only former cub player on either of these world series teams mm, really so the, the age-old thing was always the more yeah. cub players you had the better your chance of winning the world series was mm. was that how it went yeah because once they left chicago they'd actually perform mm. gotcha yeah <laughs> yeah but we'll, we'll see if the uh, Diamondbacks can uh, force a, a Game 6. And a Game 6 would be on a Friday if they uh, would there as the series goes back to uh, Texas there. And then, of course, Game 7 on a Saturday. But, again, tune in here to uh, 98.9 for a Game 5 and a C. Enjoy it because this may be the last World Series game uh, or the last baseball game. Uh, this season and uh, the ratings. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not great. We told you going in. Yeah, we knew it wouldn't be good, but uh, a little discouraging, but maybe not so discouraging because I don't know if people really watch cable or watch TV uh, anymore. But uh, yeah, I guess we can get into that a little bit later and have that conversation in the uh, podcast. So. Uh, stick around for that. But right now we got to step away and we got to take a look at some uh, local sports. Not a lot happening last night, but we get set for the uh, sectional championships in a volleyball this evening. Coming up here on the Star Lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, See us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, 
We'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. It's already fall, and that means winter isn't far behind. It's going to be here before we know it, and along with winter come cold winds, low zero temperatures, and disastrous snowstorms. How would you like to face that without a warm winter coat? The thought of children not having winter coats during the cold winter weather is heartbreaking. That's why First National Bank of Brownstown, John Boost Factory Showman Outlet, and Geckner Brothers Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram have teamed up with the Cromwell Media Group in Effingham to sponsor the Coats for Kids program this winter. This program will reach out and provide children in our community with winter coats, hats, gloves, boots, and scarves. But in order for this to work, we need your help. Drop off new or gently used winter coats, hats, gloves, boots, or scarves. Please help out a child in need. For more information, go to fmradio.com. This is Lucas Kroening with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. And now, shut up. I'm so tired of spoiled, privileged kids thinking that they deserve something. They don't deserve anything. You earn it. Shut up. With your 256,000 signatures, who gives a crap? They're most probably bots anyways. The starting lineup. Hi, my name is Eric, and I live in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Aurora. Excellent. I've had plenty of day jobs. Aurora. Nothing I'd call a career. I'll say this, I have an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. It's from Wayne's World. Have you ever seen Wayne's World? On 98.9 The Game. In uh, to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Let's take a look at uh, some uh, local sports. 
not a lot of local sports happening uh, last night. Had some uh, junior high basketball, some junior high uh, girls of basketball. As in uh, seventh and eighth grade, as Shelbyville and as St. Anthony were scoring off, and as Shelbyville got the victories in both games. As in the seventh grade game, it was an 18 to 12 final score. In the eighth grade level, it's Shelbyville over St. A, 37 to 27. And in the junior high boys basketball, we had in the seventh grade Jasper County take down Altamont 55 to 18. And then in the eighth grade game, it was Jasper County also getting the win over Altamont 45 to 31 was the final score uh, there. And uh, Jasper County now 2 and 0. I was, gonna, I was going to say got a late addition for you from yesterday. Uh, seventh grade girls basketball, Siegel defeated Dietrich 20-11. to And then in eighth grade basketball, Siegel defeated Dietrich 60-8. to hmm, Very well. And uh, that was really it. That's the only thing that's really going on uh, right now is uh, junior high. Uh, girls basketball, boys basketball just got started up mm-hmm. uh, this past week. So at the beginning of the week. So. Uh, that was it from uh, last night of the uh, local schedule uh, for uh, tonight. Uh, well, it looks like this. We got some uh, volleyball sectional championships on a tap for this evening as in the uh, Class 1A Windsor sectional championship. It's the number one seed of Sarah Gordo taking on the uh, two seed in that uh, subsectional Windsor, Stu Straws. And that game will be at uh, 6 o'clock and the winner will advance to a Friday's Milford Super Sectional at 6 p.m. And they'll take on the winner of the uh, Woodland Sectional Championship. And that one's either going to be the five seed uh, making a little Cinderella run here and to the sectional title game against the number one seed there in that a subsectional Cisna Park there. And also we have another NTC team in action for a sectional title in uh, Nokomis. We have uh, the two seed of Almire taking on the three seed Lady Bulldogs of uh, St. Anthony. And they're the three seed there in that sectional at uh, six o'clock. And uh, the winner of that game will go to the Oakville Super Sectional on a Friday at 6 p.m. And they'll take on either the number one seed of Norris City or the two-seed Trico Campbell Hill there in the winner of the Crab Orchard our sectional. In uh, Class 2A, a Pinckneyville sectional championship, uh, there you have the uh, number one seed of Fairfield taking on the uh, two-seed of Carmine White County at uh, 6 o'clock. And uh, the winner of uh, that will take on the winner of the St. Joe Ogden sectional in the Robinson Super Sectional on Friday, and that'll either be a pair of three seeds, doesn't matter who wins here, Bismarck Henny, Rossville Anvil, or Champaign at St. Thomas Moore there. And also in a 2A, the Greenville Sectional Championship, you have the number one seed of Bree Citral, and they'll take it on their fellow counterpart, town counterpart, the two seed, Bree's Modern Day, and that is at 6 o'clock there and the winner of that sectional championship will go on to the Carlinville Super Sectional to take on the winner of the Pleasant Plains sectional championship and that will either be Carthage Illini West or Pleasant Plains in that one. And uh, finally in uh, 3A we have the uh, Mascuda sectional championship as we have Mascuda, the number one seed uh, there. They beat FEM the other night. They'll take on the uh, three seed of Freeburg and the winner of this Super our sectional championship will go on to take on the winner of the next 
sectional championship, the Springfield Southeast sectional championship, the two seed of Lincoln taking on the number one seed of Normal University at 6 o'clock, and they'll advance to the Taylorville Super Sectional on Friday at 6 p.m. there. So uh, that is what's going on there in uh, volleyball tonight. Super sectionals. We'll see if uh, two NTC teams can uh, punch their tickets there and see if a former Apollo team, Lincoln, can get there to uh, Taylorville on uh, Friday. And again, the uh, state tournament will take place on November 10th there in Redbird Arena in Bloomington Normal uh, there. And the only thing that we got going on tonight in uh, sports is some junior high basketball, but also the uh, Major League Baseball game, like we mentioned in the previous segment, Game 5 Rangers versus Diamondbacks there at 6 o'clock here on 98.9. And also uh, the uh, volleyball theme, we had the Apollo Conference release the all-volleyball uh, conference teams as we had Taylorville uh, still in action uh, there, but uh, since they uh, bowed out, the, they released the uh, all-conference teams. And mm -hmm. in the uh, first team, uh, we had Samantha Breckenridge from uh, Taylorville. She's a junior. And Madeline Moore, a junior from Mount Zion. Uh, Avery Allen, senior from uh, Muhammad Seymour. Robin Ward, a sophomore from Taylorville. Uh, Ella uh, Barker from uh, Muhammad Seymour. She's a junior. Charlotte Wilk Wilkerson is a junior for Charleston. And uh, Denver Anderson, a senior from Mount Zion. And also a junior from FEM. And that was uh, Bella Austin making the first team there. And then in the uh, second team, we had Ella uh, Laster from Mattoon. She's a senior. Mackenzie uh, Fleming, a junior from Taylorville. Ellie Dallas, a junior from uh, Muhammad. He also had uh, Lily Bosworth, a sophomore from Muhammad Seymour, and a pair here from uh, FEM, and a pair of juniors, Bria Beals, a junior, and also Sydney Donaldson there, making the second team all-conference. And uh, Muhammad actually won the uh, volleyball championship this year in uh, volleyball, and they are nah, they finished 9-1 and one on the uh, season. Uh, Taylorville finished in second, FEM was third, Mount Zion was fourth. Charleston, uh, they're in fifth. And Mattoon also in the last place there. Both Charleston and Mattoon went one and nine in the conference mm -hmm. this year. So uh, that was all Apollo Conference teams in uh, volleyball. You can check it out on the website, femradio.com, as well as you can uh, check in on those scores as well for those uh, sectional title games as well on the website. Just go to fmradio.com, click on our local sports tab, and that's where you can find all of that good information uh, there. And also, fool around on the website as well. Check out the podcasts, local news, trading posts, all that good stuff yep. that I offer on the website as well. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, take a break and uh, let's uh, come back and uh, let's talk about some uh, football. Let's talk about uh, some NFL, squeeze in uh, some uh, college football possibly as well. Uh, coming up next here on the starting lineup. We'll be right back to the starting lineup. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. <laughs> What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it. Navigating without a compass. Eyes waiting. Started to wonder. Metamorphosis. Philosophy without choice. 
When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Black Friday deals start now at Eubinger's Furniture. That means it's time for our famous BOGO sale. For a limited time, buy one of our selected recliners at regular price and get the matching one for a dollar. Eubinger's also have selected sofas. Buy the sofa, get the matching chair for half price. Those specials, along with our in-stock merchandise we've already marked down, makes this sale one you don't want to miss. So hurry out to our Black Friday BOGO sale. Going on now, only at Eubinger's Furniture, where the deals are worth the drive. Highway 50 East Floor. If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty early, early, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's a nice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. The one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL grill. And football. That's right, Desmond Howard. Get fired up for the game in just a tap with Traeger's intuitive touchscreen. Then throw on your favorites and monitor the grill from anywhere with Wi-Fi technology. So you spend less time staring at the grill. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Traeger and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Evan Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. There has to be legit concern in Buffalo. The Sean McDermott case as a hot seat candidate has to be brought up. Their quarterback has been fine at best. There are all kinds of signs here in Buffalo that they could be a little bit of a hot mess. Unsportsmanlike. This is Canty from Unsportsmanlike. Listen to Unsportsmanlike Monday through Fridays on 98.9 The Game. Evan, Canty, and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. When we talk about the 49ers championship window, I think that window is this year. With this core of players, it's this year, and that's it. At some point, the window closes for these teams, and even though Brock Purdy is on that rookie deal, I think that this is the year that the 49ers have to get it done. If not, we're going to be talking about them having to retool this thing around Brock Purdy. This is Canty from Unsportsmanlike. Listen to Unsportsmanlike Monday through Fridays on 98.9 The Game. And now. Already been postponed. Didn't think a hockey game was possible to get postponed, but I guess due to some inclement weather uh, coming in, it is. How about that? Something's not right. You don't say. The starting lineup. If you're talking, Eric, by the way, I can't hear you. You lost the network connection. All right. On 98.9 The Game. If you're talking, Eric, by the way, I can't hear you. You lost the network connection. All right. Eric Fry, Sports Center Update. St. Louis Blues try to get back in the win column when they visit the Colorado Avalanche at Ball Arena tonight. Blues are coming off a 5-0 loss to the Canucks last Friday night. St. Louis 7th place in the Central Division with 7 points and a 3-3-1 record. Tonight's game begins at 8-30. Mizzou Tigers are part of the top 25 from the College Football Playoff Committee. The Tigers came in at number 12 in the first poll of the season. The ranking is Missouri's highest in the College Football Playoff era. The Tigers are 7-1 overall, 3-1 in the SEC. They visit number 2 Georgia with a chance to catapult up the ratings 
on Saturday. St. Louis Cardinals are trimming the fat of their roster before the start of the offseason. St. Louis Waves pitcher Jacob Barnes and infielder Hunel Quercuto yesterday. Both players selected to join the free agent pool. Barnes was 0-1 with a 5.93 ERA in 13 appearances for St. Louis last season, whereas Quercuto went 2-for-20 with a double in nine games. Cardinals can begin signing free agents later this month if they choose to. Chicago Bears were buyers at this year's NFL trade deadline, which makes no reason. Chicago brought in defensive end Montez Sweat from Washington in a trade that sent a 2024 second-round pick to the Commanders. Sweat's in his fifth NFL season, and he has six and a half sacks and two forced fumbles in eight games this season. The Bears did not end up turning away quarterback Jalen Johnson, despite granting permission to seek a trade earlier this week. Welcome back in to the starting lineup here. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports and Reads. And yes, we talked a lot about that on the uh, show yesterday about the uh, deadline with the uh, Bears making that move for uh, Sweat. And um, yeah, it ended up trading away yeah. their corner. So I guess. We're trying to improve a two and six squad, I guess. No, and Travis, throwing I away have, and I throwing have, Justin Fields under the bus. I have figured this out. Uh huh. I know what they're doing, Travis. Yeah. The Chicago Bears have been looking at YouTube views, <laughs> and they keep seeing that there are a lot of um, YouTube series that are becoming hits by using the spinning wheel where it shows people playing Madden games and they'll spin the wheel and force them to do something in the Madden game. Uh-huh. That is how the Bears are running their organization. Are we going to trade somebody? Spin the wheel. Oh, we're trading for somebody. Who are we trading for? Spin the wheel. Oh, okay. We're trading for sweat. That That's how they're doing it. Hmm. I can't think of any other reason. I, I It seems like a good strategy to employ for an NFL franchise. Travis, it's the only strategy I can come up with. (laughs) I I can't think of anything else because none of the moves they have made in the past five years make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they don't have the best track record with decision-making and whatnot, and they also fired their running backs coach as well. Yes, he was uh, took a leave of absence due to some behavior issues, and it was being investigated. Behavior Uh, in the workplace is what sources tell ESPN. So. Hmm. See ya. Okay. Wouldn't want to be ya. All right. I guess. Previously been reprimanded by the Bears HR for his workplace behavior, and a second such instance has led to his firing. Uh, so he's the second Bears assistant coach to leave the staff during the season. Of course, the D coordinator as well resigned on September 20th, citing a need to take care of health and a family. And that was all that debacle of the FBI yep. potentially raiding Alice Hall and all that. Yep, yep, yep. And it didn't actually happen and whatnot. So uh-huh. uh, the Bears there and the uh, commanders also got rid of another uh, defensive lineman there as the uh, commanders traded Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. So, man, he combined that with uh, Bosa and then Chase Young on the opposite side. That is a, a good pass rush. If he's healthy. Right there. That's, if he's that's healthy, the key. Yeah. If he's healthy. Now, Travis, I, I hate to say it because, you know, I, I'm not a big San Francisco 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't like him. Not a fan. But they are ingenious with this trade. Do you know why? Why is that? The GM for the Commanders came over from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. In order for the um, Commanders to sign him as the GM, they had to give up a third-round comp pick. Oh. So what did the 49ers just trade to the Commanders? 
a third round a third pick. Third round pick, yep. So they literally got Chase Young for a GM. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Genius. Yeah, and uh, you know Chase Young, a former top pick in the draft, and yep. then and now uh, flipping him for a third rounder. Mm. Yeah. But um, combined with uh, Bosa for 33 sacks as a teammate at Ohio State yep. during the 17-18 season, so yep. former college teammates. They are. I, I think that is significant. Hmm. Very well. So uh, the 49ers uh, loading up there, and that was kind of about the biggest significant move uh, there. No big names were swapped or anything like that. There were other uh, moves, but they were just kind of small moves. I know the Bills, they got a player, and then uh, the Lions got a receiver from the Browns mm-hmm. and whatnot, but that's really, that's really about it. There was one move, Travis, that I found rather interesting, and that is somebody we talked about yesterday and how he was not starting for the Cardinals this weekend, and everyone was wondering, oh, yeah, why, isn't right. he, why isn't he starting? What's going on? Well, now we know why Joshua Dobbs was not starting for the right. Cardinals this weekend. He's That's not right. there anymore. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Vikings did yep. uh, acquire him. That was the other one that was. I knew there was one that I was forgetting uh, there. But yeah, Joshua Dobbs now is a Minnesota Viking, and man, but, you had to settle for Joshua Dobbs. Which again, the Cardinals, Travis, the second most confusing team out there in terms of how they're running this organization. Because is this a vote of confidence for Kyler Murray? Is this what is this? Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of clearing the way for Kyler Murray, I guess. We've heard for the past two off seasons that they're unhappy with him and that he doesn't want to be there. I know. His work ethic's been questioned. Mm-hmm. He got a coach fired. He hasn't yet worked with this new coach because he hasn't been on the field. Right. I think what the Cardinals maybe are trying to do here is uh, uh, clear the way for Kyler Murray and then hopefully uh, Kyler uh, balls out and that can raid, uh, raise his trade value and then you can ship him off in the offseason. And again, if you're only the guess. Vikings, Joshua Dobbs is going to lead you to the postseason? <sighs> yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't again, know what he's other... the only quarterback who was traded, so yeah. obviously he was the best out there. <laughs> I guess. I guess you had to settle for Joshua Dobbs. I figured maybe you could get somebody else, but that's who the Vikings went with. They, uh, they ended up uh, getting their guy there after uh, Kirk Cousins uh, was uh, undergoes surgery there on his Achilles. I saw a picture of him with his uh, leg wrapped up and whatnot, said it was a successful surgery well, good. Uh, there for Mr. Cousins. So I uh, wish him the best of luck in his recovery uh, there. But uh, Joshua Dobbs now, yeah, going to be a uh, wearing that purple. They're probably too quick to start. I don't know who the Vikings would have as the uh, quarterback now with the uh, – Starting this week against mm-hmm. the Falcons, uh, Jaron Hall. Sure. He's listed as the starter on the ESPN's depth chart. So, uh, good luck, Vikings. Good luck. Hey, it's only the Falcons uh, there. And I don't know what it has been the last couple of nights, but there's been some uh, late breaking news 
at night. And that was just kind of out of nowhere. It wasn't a trade. It was well after the trade deadline had expired and whatnot. And then Adam Schefter uh, breaks the news and uh, tells that the Raiders are firing Josh McDaniels as well as getting rid of the uh, general manager, Dave Ziegler, as well. And then just this morning, they got rid of the offensive coordinator as well. So um, Mike Lombardi, or Mick Lombardi, there just this morning. Yep, and Josh McDaniels, Travis, was brought in to help boost the offense. And currently in points per game, they're 30th. Yards per game, they're 31st. And total QBR, they're last. Yeah. Averaging 15.8 points per game this season. That's the third fewest in the NFL behind the Giants and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Giants, by the way, averaging 11.9 points per game. Ugh. They also, last two seasons, the Raiders have a minus 16 turnover differential. By the way, in case you're wondering, that's last in the NFL. And each game this season, each game, Travis, mm-hmm. the Raiders have scored 21 points or fewer. Rush for fewer than 100 yards and record at least one turnover. Mm. So in every game this season, those are not good stats to have for every game. No. Not they are the first team to do that in each of their first eight games of a season since the 1941 Cleveland Rams. Wow. That's a way of a throwback. Yep. And this is McDaniel's second stint as head coach. He was fired in the second year in both instances. Right, so. yeah. He didn't make it out of that year either. 11-17 and 17 as the Broncos coach. Yep, and you brought up Pierce Travis, a nine-year vet in the NFL, playing linebacker for the Giants and Commanders. Second season in the NFL as a linebacker coach. Prior to his stint with the Raiders, Pierce was a defensive assistant with Arizona State under Herm Edwards from 2018 to 2021. And Pierce will be the 12th different person to coach a game for the Raiders in the last 20 seasons, including interims, most of any franchise over that span. So, good luck. Yeah. Raiders have not won a division title since 2002 and are tied with the Jets for the third longest active drought in the NFL behind only the Browns and the Lions. One of those may be broken this year. Maybe. Possibly. It will not be the Raiders. No, it, it will not. You know, just Josh McDaniels just may not be suited out to be a head coach. He's a good coordinator, but or at least, I mean, hey, look who he was on. He was on the Patriots. So, of course, he's going to be viewed as a good coordinator there with, uh, you know, guys like Tom Brady. But uh, it just hasn't worked out in his two uh, stops and what was that drama with the Rams way back in the day as well, potentially being the head coach, but he didn't be in the head coach. Is this all to set up that he is going to be Bill Belichick's successor? We've heard rumors about that. We've heard talks about the Patriots need to make a move. Now Josh McDaniels is available. That was kind of the what we all thought was going to be the initial yeah. plan from the word go. Mm-hmm. Are we back to there? Well, if it is, uh, Bill is not in any sort of uh, in on the circle of that uh, news on that because he was actually asked about that on oh, Wednesday. Good, 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 good. If he would, if they, he would be open to McDaniel's returning to the team if if he had any interest, and Coach Belichick said just getting ready for Washington. So he didn't say no. We're on to Washington. He didn't say no, though, Travis. Hey, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't say no. He left that door open. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a crack, but he yes, left he it did. open. Yes, he did. There's yeah. a foot there stopping <laughs> it from shutting. Yeah, so well, Josh Rangels. Get the band back together. Call up Tom Brady. See if oh. he's got one more go in him. <laughs> one more go. One more go, Tom. Uh, I think he's I think he's retired. Yeah, that's what he said last year, too. 
Uh, yeah, I think he's done. I think he's done. No, and the uh, Raiders also, uh, they, uh, Schefter was on first take yesterday talking about the Devontae Adams trade, and they also mentioned this as well. And, you know, he just didn't think that it would be a possibility because the Raiders already are paying a bunch of money to uh, John Gruden and uh, the settlement with him. I'm not sure what the money lies there, but it's got to be a significant chunk of change there and then also uh mcdaniel still had uh years and money left on his contract i want to say he still had three years and 30 million dollars left on his contract mm. but now gone so uh they're paying a bunch of money to two guys that aren't even coaching for him yep uh anymore so good job there raiders yep good job there yep uh, mark davis uh there so uh, we'll have to see what happens in uh, the uh, NFL uh, this week. And the uh, Thursday night game tomorrow is going to be the Titans and Steelers to kick things off. Oh, boy. They're as surprising. Steelers are two-point favorites in this one, two-and-a-half-point favorites. They are surprised that we haven't had a – it's probably why, but uh, it's two-and-a-half. But I was surprised that the Titans aren't favored in this one because of the uh, Levis – on the scene there in Tennessee, but mm-hmm. uh, Steelers getting two and a half points at home, and then uh, don't forget about that uh, eight thirty game against the uh, Dolphins and Chiefs. I'll have to call you back later. Yep. I'm currently on yep. the uh, show right now, uh, so we'll uh, uh, let them know later. Uh, but also in uh, college football, uh, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, they were announced as the uh, four in the college football rankings, the first four in the opening rankings. Uh, there in Washington came in at number four, and Oregon came in at five mm-hmm. there. So, again, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, the four wasn't surprising, uh, but Ohio State put in at number one currently in the first rankings. Yes, yeah, the second, over Georgia. Second time since 2020, the number one team in the AP rankings does not match the number one team college football rankings. The other instance was 2022 when Georgia was number one in the AP poll, but Tennessee was number one in the playoff rankings. So Georgia getting no respect from the playoff committee. But a uh, couple, couple of things, Travis. First of all, I understand Ohio State why they're number one. Mm-hmm. They have wins over a number 11 Penn State and number at number 15 Notre Dame. Yep, that's why. But they were not good wins. They well, were one two possession games. Well, but still they won and they won the Penn St- or they won the Notre Dame game on the road. But they weren't good wins. Who has uh who has uh who's Georgia beat this year? Kentucky and Florida? Kentucky is not good. No. Not good as they're supposed to be. Like I said, currently their strength to schedule, Travis, I agree. They Georgia is hundred and tenth. Michigan's hundred and eleventh. I I I agree. I understand what you're saying on that. However, Michigan's strength of schedule going forward, as well as Georgia, is tougher. Analytics say that Michigan has the toughest remaining schedule in FBS, while Georgia has the sixth most difficult schedule remaining. So the one key takeaway I take from this, Travis, is Florida State. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go undefeated if you're going to make this playoffs if you're Florida State. Yeah, you will. That's the only way you're going to get in. Right. So... Best of luck to you. And by the way, just in case you were wondering if we were to look at a 12-team playoff, uh-huh. um, Michigan, who is three, would be seated as five. 
five. They'd be five because the first round, the first four go to conference champs. So in this situation, it would be Ohio State who'd be representing the Big Ten. So the highest Michigan could be would be five. Washington would slide into that four spot. Hmm. And Washington just kind of sitting there on the outside, just yep. waiting for one of those two teams to uh, fall. Obviously, the big uh, game at the end of the season, I think, would determine who gets in between Ohio State and Michigan. Yep. But it could be you have an SEC situation of both teams making it. But we'll have to see how that shakes out. And Washington's got a game against USC coming up this weekend that could uh, ruin their chances if they don't win that. And don't sleep on either Texas or even though they lost Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma still ninth, Texas yeah. seventh. They're still going to play each other. Mm-hmm. If things fall right, one of those two teams could still make the playoffs. Yeah. Definitely, no doubt. Uh, there, you know, they're at the bottom. Kansas ranked 21. Kansas State there, 23. Tulane, 24th. Air Force, they're at a 25 there. So Yeah. I, I was going to say, before before we move on, Travis, I do have some notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, Florida State, you mentioned, appeared in the initial college football ranking release in the first three seasons of the college football playoff era. But this is the first appearance in the initial poll since then, it's the highest initial ranking since 2014 when it was ranked second um, and reached college football playoff, losing to Oregon in the semifinals. Texas cracks the college football playoff uh, top 10 for the first time at number seven. The Horns' previous high was 14, 2018. Alabama mm-hmm. ranked eighth yeah. in the initial rankings. Lowest the Tide have been ranked in a season's initial ranking in the college football playoff era. Alabama has never been ranked worse than sixth in the initial rankings. The Tide have only missed the playoffs twice since its inception, finishing fifth in last season's rankings and 13th in the final rankings of 2019. Missouri yep. comes in at 12, their highest ranking in college football playoff history. The Tigers have been ranked as high as 16 in 2014. And Air Force, you mentioned, becomes the second service academy to be ranked by the committee in the college football playoff era. Navy had previously been ranked in 2015, 16, and 19. And undefeated George Mason, still not anywhere to be found. James Madison, I mean. James Madison. One of those two guys. Still still nowhere to be found. Well, still no. not there. Yeah, of course not. They won't be. So, because they can't go but to that big bowl. Think of the craziness that could happen, Travis. Let's say or or Ohio State loses. Mm-hmm. Loses the game before Michigan. Yeah. Then let's say they beat Michigan. Hmm. Let's say that Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC title game. Yeah. And let's say Florida State loses. And let's throw in Washington beat, losing to Oregon. They beat Oregon, though. Pac-12 title game. Uh, I guess so. Pac-12 title game. Yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, I just want a scenario where we have either, <laughs> That's a lot of chaos. either you know, Ohio State or Michigan, because uh-huh. the winner of that game is going to get in. Yeah. But let's say Penn State wins the Big Ten title game. Ooh. Then uh, we're talking chaos beyond chaos. So right. who would you put in at that point? Yeah. Is well, there a possibility of three Big Ten teams, including a two-loss Big Ten team? No way. No way. Unless there's a two-loss SEC team. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Penn State, of course, uh, being in the uh, same division as Michigan and Ohio State, and Ohio yeah. State would hold the tiebreaker yeah, they because they won – the head-to-head in Penn State, I don't think, faced Michigan yet. Yeah, that's next week. 
Fox kickoff. I would love for Georgia to face Texas in the college football playoffs and for Georgia to just throttle them. <laughs> just throttle them and say, welcome to the SEC, fella. Right. <laughs> welcome to the SEC. That's right. This As is Travis what you would want. say, welcome to the Big Ten, fella. fella. Welcome to the SEC, fella. fella. And I'm sure that would be... A warm welcome yes. uh, there. All right, uh, so uh, that will do it for uh, football talk. And uh, coming up to uh, close out the show, we'll talk about uh, some NBA action uh, from uh, last night. And Eric may just become a, a believer uh, there last night in the NBA. So we'll talk about that to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. In 2021, the Effingham County Sheriff's Office received over 200 reports of fraud, forgery, and scams. This is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons reminding you that if someone contacts you that you don't know with an offer that sounds too good to be true, it is. Please shop with our local trusted area businesses and craftsmen who work hard to maintain their reputation. If you think that you've been the target of a potential scam, call your local police to report it. You may prevent someone else from being taken advantage of. Freedom should never be taken for granted. This Veterans Day, Tingley Insurance in Effingham, your local Pekin Insurance Agency, asks you to take a moment to thank a veteran for their service. All gave some, some gave all. Please join Tingley Insurance in saluting all of our veterans for their selfless service to ensure the freedom we enjoy today. Everyone at Tingley Insurance Agency and Pekin Insurance is proud to salute the men and women of our armed forces this Veterans Day and every day throughout the year. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And now, Illinois, they won barely. And I, I had to laugh because after the game, Mr. C.J. Frederick for Iowa <laughs> started crying he's never been played like that before defensively he just couldn't get open they were grabbing him all game he was fouled on every possession they just wouldn't let me get open the starting lineup start the crybaby sound effect (laughs) illinois wouldn't let him open he was crying after the game. On 98.9 The Game. CJ Frederick. Get out of my gym. Welcome to the Big Ten, fella.
welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. ESPN Radio, we're only here on ESPN Radio, which say a smidge a bit longer. It's almost like we planned it that way with the fella. I know, right? That was nice. Uh, the uh, NBA from last night, only uh, three games light schedule for the association last night, but uh, the uh, game that was not on television on a national level, it was the Clippers. They got the win over the Magic, 118-102. And uh, just a day after he gets traded, uh, James Harden is actually was in the building, I think. Yeah. I know he was dabbing it up there with uh, Russell West in the locker room there. So, yeah, just get traded and you're already there. Yep. Funny how that happens. You can actually show up. But... Uh, the Clippers got the win easily over the Magic. Uh, the first game on TNT uh, was the Knicks. Uh, they won over the uh, Cavs or 109-91. to uh, And it was Julius Randle there with a double-double, 19 points, 18 rebounds, and not good. They're in a Cleveland 1-3 and start to the season there for the uh, Cavs. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, uh, the uh, Suns. Had this in the bag. They had a 20-point lead in this one. But the Spurs don't care about that. They came all the way back there. 33-19 to outscored them there yep. in the final quarter, including uh, there at the very end, the game-winning bucket just took the ball away from uh, Durant. And it was a 115-114, a, a final with the Spurs coming out with a one-point win after being down by 20. Yeah, unique win for Pop, Travis. It was the first time in his head coaching career he trailed by three-plus points inside the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter right, exactly. and won. But there's even more, Travis. They, tra- they trailed by 10 within the final six minutes of the fourth quarter and won. Entering Tuesday, they were 4 and 466 when trailing by 10-plus points in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter under Pop. The Spurs has lost 124 straight games when trailing by 10 points in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter. The last time they won was December 3rd, 2019 against the Rockets. The Spurs went 1-for-29 when trailing by 20-plus points at any point in the game last season. And the Spurs led in this game, Travis, for 2.2 seconds. Yeah. According to Elias Sports Bureau, that's the third shortest time in a lead by a team in a win over the past five seasons. San Antonio is 2-1 in clutch time games this season. That comes after ranking 28th. Last season, and when when Miyama finished with 18 points, eight rebounds, four blocks, the most blocks by a Spurs rookie in the last 20 years. Last Spurs rookie with more blocks a game, Tim Duncan, in '98. He also had two blocks on three pointers and had an amazing photo op when he contested a Durant jumper in the first quarter. I did see that. So, yeah. but he saves his best for last. Travis, he averaged in 7.3 points on 12 of 15 shooting from the field in the fourth quarter. His 80% shooting in the fourth quarter leads. All players this season who have taken 10-plus shots. That includes going two for three from beyond the arc. Plus, when Yama has five blocks in the fourth quarter this season, tied with Jalen Duran for the most in the NBA. Travis. Yes, Wimbyama. He's not LeBron. He's, he's not, not MJ. No. But he's the second coming of Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Nice. Yeah. Mr. Fundamental. Mr. Fundamental, getting the blocks, getting the clutch baskets. That's mm-hmm. what Tim Duncan was. Yeah, that's what Victor is. Yeah. So again, in Spurs Nation, that's not a bad comparison. No, he's a Hall of Famer, NBA Absolutely. champion, so multi-time champ, multi-time. So uh, yeah, it was a good win last night. Therefore, the uh, Spurs over the uh, Suns, and they have the two games on ESPN tonight. Uh, the the uh, Thunder hosting the uh, Pelicans, 
in the battle for LA Clippers versus Lakers as well and also the Bulls are in action against the uh, Mavericks and Luka so uh, that will do it here for the uh, starting lineup uh, today we'll continue with some more conversations in the uh, podcast and uh, so stick around for that and also stick around for the World Series later on tonight at 6 o'clock here on 98.9 but then uh, coming up right now is ESPN Radio in the afternoon you got Freddie and Harry coming up but also got Carlin versus Joe up next enjoy Thanks for listening to The Starting Lineup on 98.9 The Game. Suzuki the call. No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back in and welcome to overtime of the uh, start in the lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry still here with you. And uh, coming up here in uh, overtime, we got this day in sports history that we're going to take a look at. We're going to take a look at those World Series ratings on television and a little bit of NASCAR as well. A little paint scheme action for you for the regular season finale there. So... Uh, first, before we get to any of that, is there anything on sports in there that we need to clean up? Yeah, the Bulls aim to get above 500. They visit the Mavs at American Allies Center tonight. They're 2-2 two two this season. Game tips at 7.30. Yep, so yep. see how they do against Luka. Uh, the Blackhawks will have plenty of time to regroup following a bad loss to Arizona earlier this week. Blackhawks were crushed by the Coyotes 8-1 on Monday, but they won't play again until Saturday, so they can spend the rest of the week getting ready for the Florida Panthers. Hawks are last place in the Central Division with six points and a 3-6-0 record. Sun- Saturday's game begins at 7 p.m. Travis, I want to bring that up to you. Mm-hmm. Here I am reading these hockey's, I did, hockey stories. I did it with the Blues as well, talking about where they're at in the division. Is it too early to care about where you're at? Yes. Okay, thank you. I will make sure to edit that. From I read that after like the first week, and it's like, the Blues are third in the Central Division <laughs> yes. with a one and one and one record. It's like, no, wait yes. a minute. Yes, we're, three it's games way in. Too, we're way too early, yes. Don't start worrying about where you're at in the division yet. It's no. okay. No. Uh, Chicago Sky have a new roster builder in the front office, a team named Jeff Pagliaca as its general manager yesterday. Hiring came after Teresa Witherspoon became the team's new coach last month. Both Witherspoon and Pagliaca are taking over for James Wade, who is Chicago's head coach and general manager, before taking a role with the Raptors in the middle of last season. I already talked about uh, the Rangers being out uh, with Garza and Scherzer. All right, Travis, this year's World Series is struggling to attract viewers. According to Nielsen, games two and three were the least watched fall classic games on record. Yep. Game two averaged 8.15 million viewers on Fox. Game three posted an average of 8.13 million. That came after game least watched World Series opener on record. In comparisons, last year's World Series game between the Astros and Phillies averaged 11.76 million viewers per game. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is bad, Travis. Yeah, right. This is getting to the pandemic level of a World Series viewership that had a 9.8 million viewership in 2020. And part of me wants to go, well, people don't care about these two teams. Yeah. Which I I think is valid. There's a lot of people still arguing that these two teams should not be in the World Series. They are not the best teams or anything like that. I get that argument. But, Travis, even last year wasn't great. 
The year before that with the Braves and the Astros weren't wasn't great. Since COVID, the numbers haven't returned to pre-COVID ratings. Well, last year in 2021 and 2022, actually, they averaged 11.7 million mm-hmm. viewers. So, But pre-COVID, we never had a year below that. Right, yeah. So what has changed? Is it viewership? Is it the way people are consuming media now? Because I know everyone wants to say, oh, people are unplugging. This isn't cable. This is Fox. This is broadcast mm. television here. Yeah. This isn't this isn't cable. Yeah, that's true. But, but are people just watching less TV and doing more streaming? These games aren't streaming anywhere, correct? Are they streaming on Hulu? I'm not sure what kind of a deal that Fox has with any uh, streaming services and whatnot. I mean, I know I can stream them, but I have a cable subscription right? Uh, too, so that's no issue there. I mean, yeah, I think this is just television. Fubo. In- Fubo, there you go. Uh, this is just television in general in some senses of, yes, it's not on a... Uh, it's readily available on Fox and whatnot, so you can automatically get more viewers there rather than if it was on like ESPN or whatnot and having a cable. But, uh, I mean, this is just having uh, – this is a, a league problem mm-hmm. and whatnot. I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, Rangers and Diamondbacks as a whole. I think that would we get in the 10 millions if it was a rematch? With Houston and Philly, mm. potentially. I mean, even if the Braves were here as well, potentially. But this is just a league-wide problem. And throughout the entire season, MLB has a problem of when you are streaming those games of blacking out certain games if you're right. not in a market and whatnot. So even if you are streaming, you can't really find these games too well because of blackouts and whatnot. That's what they've struggled with for years. And also the whole argument of coming from that baseball doesn't uh, cater to the uh, younger audience and whatnot. And those would be uh, a demographic to tap into and whatnot. But something that they struggle with and that they've always struggled with, I Mm. think, Mm -hmm. really, for quite a while now. Now, what what is this from? All right, this was updated on the 24th of October. Travis, I have a list here. Of the most, um, the most fans mm-hmm. for baseball teams. I'm gonna go through the top, top ten, mm-hmm. and you tell me who are playoff teams. Okay. Number one. Well, we'll, we'll go to ten and go up, because that's uh-huh. how most of these lists work. Number ten, the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have 1.7 million fans. Hmm. Uh, made the, the playoffs. The Blue Jays made the playoffs, but they lost in the wild card series. Yep. yep. Number nine, the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. 2.2 million. Mm-hmm. Still in it. But 2.2 million, that's not a whole lot of fans in the no. entire U.S. Right, no. So when you think about that, they're actually batting above their average. If they have 2.2 fans, and we're averaging what, 8? 1.8? Yeah, it's like 8 something. So... They're hitting above their weight. 8.5 is the average viewership. Okay. Number eight, the Tigers. 2.2 million. Mm-hmm. We know where they are. They're in the cellar. Number seven, the Braves. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. 2.3 million. Yep, they got bounced, though. Yep. Number six, the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. 2.3 million. Look at that. And we all know how that turned out this mm-hmm. season. Number five, the Giants. 2.8 million. Hmm. Yeah, they didn't do so high. They didn't even make the playoffs. Nope. Number four, the Cubs. Yeah. 3.4 million. Yeah. We all know how that ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three, the Dodgers. Hmm. 3.5 million. Yep. They got upset there by the D-backs. First, first, first series. Round. Their first, their first series. Yep. Number two, the Red Sox. 5 million. Oof. Yep, they didn't make the playoffs. And number one, the Yankees, eight point two million. Hmm. Yep, they didn't make the playoffs either. And those last two teams with the most fans were out fairly early. Yep. So you're telling me out of the top ten, four made the playoffs, and of those four, two made it past the first round. Mm-hmm. Right. Why are there no viewers? Yeah, because the popular teams got the popular teams out. are out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and imagine some of those Red Sox fans. I mean, yeah, of course, you have the loyals who always watch it right. no matter what. But some of them checked out. I mean, look at the Cardinals. Yeah, how many Cardinal fans mentally checked out uh, this season the way it's gone? Baseball is better. I I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I hate that I'm gonna say this, Travis. But I'm gonna say it. Baseball is better. When the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Cardinals, and Dodgers are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baseball's watched by more people when those teams are still fighting in the postseason. Now, do I think that the part of it being that there's so many different channels and there's so many different things to watch. And remember, I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago, we said that there was football for 45 straight days that you could watch every night until the Day, you know, mid-November, I think. We're still in that yeah. stretch of football every night. And I know it's the number one sport in America, but are you really watching Northern Illinois on a Tuesday night? I mean, let's be honest. Ah, a little matching. A little matchin from Tuesday. Yes. But, you know, is baseball that far behind that people would rather watch Mac football than the World Series when it's these two teams? Right. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd like to think so. I would like to think not. But are that we saying that as fall. baseball fans? Sure. I think we are. Because I'm afraid that's where we're at. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the numbers would say so. And again, part of me is like, well, it's just because. I mean, you look back at the list, Travis. And what did I say? We mentioned the the top ten teams. The Astros were not in that top ten. The Phillies were not in that top 10. The Braves were, but again, the Astros weren't. The Dodgers were, but the Rays weren't, and that was COVID year, so give that a push. Mm-hmm. The Nationals weren't. The Astros weren't. The Red Sox-Dodgers, they both were, so that should have been high. Mm-hmm. Dodgers and Astros, the Dodgers were, the Astros weren't, but that was high because it was the Astros' first time in the World Series in a while. Dodgers' first time in the World Series in a while. Mm-hmm. And then Cubs-Cleveland, we know the Cubs where they were ranked, and Cleveland had never been to the World Series, and it was, people were watching that to see which team was going to finally win a World Series. Right. So it was yeah. intriguing. Mm-hmm. 
I just feel like, again, we talked about when this World Series started, this was the worst outcome for baseball from a viewership standpoint. These were two teams that did not have strong fan bases that made it to the World Series. Yeah. And the fact the Rangers ranked in the top 10 astonishes me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have, you, of course, the Rangers, they don't have a long of a losing streak as the Cubs did and the uh, Cleveland did, but they're going for their first championship uh, ever. But, but again, does anyone care? That's the difference. Yeah. Like, I guess the Cubs, so. when they were going for it, like, everyone wanted the Cubs to win it. And when mm-hmm. the Red Sox were going for it, everyone wanted the Red, you know, like, I know, mm-hmm. you know, Cardinal fans Relatively did when they, when they fit. Yeah, but, like, it, and there were stories leading up to it. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the Cubs instance, you know, it was the Cubs' first time in the World Series. And, you know, with the Red Sox, it was a comeback against the Yankees. And yeah, and even helps. when it was Yankees-Marlins back in the day, it was, you know, the Marlins who defeated the Cubs. And both those CSs went to Game 7. We haven't had intrigue in this entire postseason. Yeah, there's been very little. We had that little spat with Harper and Arcia, but that's been about it. And where are both those teams now? They're gone. Neither one is playing anymore. Yep. So it ended up not mattering at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Diamondbacks, Phillies tried to have some uh, drama there. But, again, Phillies got bounced. But didn't go long enough for it to matter. Yeah. Right. This entire postseason has yet to have a game seven. Hmm. Did the... Did the CS, did one of them go seven or no? I don't think so, but don't quote me on that. See, I thought, well, this is all in the World Series. Nope, nope. Yeah. Rangers Astros went to a game seven. And the Diamondbacks Phillies went to a game seven. Wow. Why does no one care? (laughs) You didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. That's how little I cared. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. It, I don't know. why. How can you fix this if you're baseball? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the one thing is to help with it is the blackouts situation and whatnot. And that's been a long, long-standing issue there. And baseball in general has always been generalized as a local sport anyways of a kind of a college football almost esque uh, following of that, you know, you're going to watch if it's Tuesday, Friday, Sunday night, if for Sunday afternoon the Cubs are on, you're a Cubs fan, you're going to watch it. But it's just a Joe Schmo that isn't a, f- isn't a fan of either squad. Are they going to watch the games? No. Probably not. All right, Travis, I have a great, great analogy here. I'm looking at the NBA Finals. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing you can really compare baseball to because the Super Bowl is one game. Yeah. You need to have a series. Mm-hmm. The three NBA Finals before COVID. Mm-hmm. The lowest for the Raptors-Golden State, the lowest game at all, was 7.6 for 
for game number five. Mm-hmm. And wait, hold on. Is that game five? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, it was an 8.8 average. Okay. Uh-huh. For, for the whole series. With the lower ship, lowest viewership being game four at 7.6. Mm-hmm. 2018, which was Warriors sweeping Cleveland. Viewership was a 10. Average. Lowest game was a 9.3, and that was a sweep. Mm-hmm. Golden State beating Cleveland the year before, 4-1. to one. Average was 11.3. Lowest game was a 10.5 for game one. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, game seven. Win over the Warriors in 2016. Averaged 11.4. Lowest game was a 9.7 for game three. You have to go back to 2014 when the Spurs beat the Heat in five. That had an average viewership of 9.3. Okay? Yep. Before that, 09 Lakers beating the Magic, 8.4. Okay? Mm-hmm. So 09, 8.4. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Then we had COVID year. Do you know what the average viewership for the NBA Finals was for COVID of the Lakers and the Heat? What's that? Four. 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 Hmm. That's the average viewership for the whole series. Was a 4.0. Since then, Travis, our average viewership for the Bucks Suns, 5.2 for the whole series. Warriors Celtics, which was on paper a great series, went six games, 6.6. And 2023 Nuggets Heat, 6.1. So it's not just baseball. Right. Yeah, it's a problem as a whole. It's a problem as a whole because these games are on ABC. Again, broadcast television. Mm -hmm. Something after COVID. People realized they didn't need sports. Yeah. Is that what we're realizing right here on this podcast right now? Ooh. I don't know about that. It was it was a very lonely world out there without sports. It was, but did people get used to not watching it? And mm-hmm. finding out about what happened the next day through social media and watching the clips. Yeah. I mean, no doubt they definitely take it in differently. But I wouldn't say that we Cuz it can't we be de- a, we need sports. It can't be a coincidence. It cannot be a coincidence that these two Entities that are probably number two and three as far as highest sport in all of the country Mm -hmm. in terms of popularity to decide their champion, both their numbers drastically decreased after COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There's some sort of correlation there. There has to be. Yeah. 100%. So. So. By the way, in case you were wondering, uh, the Super Bowl. Let's see. Oh, goodness. I cannot read that. <laughs> they put it all on one page. and It's... Uh, viewership for the Super Bowl last year was... Was... Oh, thank you. Start... Oh, 2020, 2021's the last year I have, and it was 112.3 million. 2020 was 99.7. So even it dipped. Oh, wow. But still, 99.7 million. Yeah. 
across all platforms. Main broadcast was 95.2. Hmm. But that was the lowest in a decade. Yeah. In 2020. And then 2021 was 99.18, which again was the third lowest in a decade. But I just... Something has to change as far as for our, these sports because otherwise, you know, and maybe part of it is people being upset with money that they're, you know, I've heard this before about how much they get paid and everything like that. And is that part of it? Are people just turned off by these sports leagues now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The general public that used to tune in for the World Series, for the NBA Finals, not you and me, but the general public who just wants to see who's the champ don't care anymore i don't care as much no because they have 19 other streaming platforms they can go watch something else on exactly yep or 192 other channels to go view something they want to watch mm-hmm. yep there's more options so 100 percent. anyways well, after that rant let's get back into it <laughs> uh after after the viewership let's get back on, on track here. Is um, let's that see here um uh, a, fed, a Texas federal judge has dismissed a defamation lawsuit against Jerry Jones. Uh, the case of the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, his longtime personal lawyer, Don Jack, and family communications consultant Jim Watkins was thrown out on Tuesday. Alexandra Davis, a 26-year-old congressional aide, filed the defamation lawsuit in March. The stem claims from Davis alleging that the three had intended to, a plan to portray her as an extortionist after claiming that Jones was her biological father. Hmm. That's great. Oh, and I'm glad I have this one, Travis, because I want to rant. I haven't ranted enough in this podcast, so I'm going to rant more. There's more. Yes. Colorado head coach Deion Sanders is calling for action after a recent robbery. Sanders called on the NCAA or the Rose Bowl to reimburse his players after several had items stolen from their locker room during last week's game against UCLA. The Denver Post reports that at least five players are missing valuables. Three players lost gold and diamond chains worth thousands of dollars. Pasadena and UCLA police are currently investigating the situation. Yes. Why do you have gold chains and diamond chains worth thousands of dollars in your locker room? Because I got to wear it for the game. No. For clout. No. For Instagram. No. For the cameras. Yeah, you gotta wear the jewelry. Fine, it's not the NCAA's fault. Then they they it got stolen. Well, it's somebody's fault. They got stolen out of the locker room. You don't bring that stuff to the locker room. Or if it's that bad, and you know your team has that much jewelry on them. You hire a security guard to be there. Don't leave it in the hands of the stadium security. Well, isn't that the stadium security's job is to protect the locker room? I don't care if it is or not. If you're that concerned about your players, do you feel the NCAA and the Rose Bowl should reimburse them? Then you should have your own private security guard that sits in that locker room the whole time a game is going on. Maybe maybe that's the next step. And I'd be fine with that. But to ask the NCAA to reimburse your students for having gold and diamond chains taken out of the locker room, which should not happen. I'm agreeing with you on that. But it's not the NCAA's fault. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's that a is little... Deion Sanders realizing that his Colorado team is not as good as he thought it was, and he's still trying to find a way to get in the national spotlight. Congratulations, Deion. I'm talking about exactly. You. He's he did his part. He's doing what he was intended to do. So, yeah, don't take jewelry out of the out of the locker rooms. Don't wear the jewelry to start with. Ah, no, we got to be cool. No, we don't. Got to have that swag. Mm-hmm. You just don't understand, Eric. Uh, the University of Miami in 2000 had plenty of swag, Travis. They didn't have any jewelry stolen out of their locker rooms. Maybe they had better stadium security. Maybe they knew not to bring it into the football stadium. Uh, I think they still were. They hit it better. I guess so. Like, I agree. There should be security there. But if you're that concerned about it, you should have a security staff then. Plain and simple. Uh, yeah, I if mean, it's I that guess big maybe. of an issue, you need to have a security staff with you. It's something that you overlooked, I guess. You didn't think about. Well, sorry, Dion. You will now. There have been lots of stuff stolen from everyday people at the Rose Bowl. Did they get reimbursed by the Rose Bowl for it? Nope. No. NCA re- reimbursed someone <laughs> if she has a her credit card stolen out of her wallet. Identity stolen. From using a credit card machine at a football stadium? Nope. No. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't think you should be going towards the NCAA for this, so I will agree there. But Dion, you're not as good as you think you are, pal. Not as good as you think you are. Nope. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a nice run at the beginning of the season, and then it's been all... All downhill. We love to see. From there. Love to see. Love to see it. Is that it for sports in there? That's all I got. <laughs> uh, I did want to bring this up. I don't know when it got on my radar, but I think it was just this past weekend or this past week. But uh, I realized that uh, something's going to happen on a Friday. The NBA in-season tournament's going to begin. That's right. In-season tournament already yep. beginning on a Friday. And did you see what the all the teams are going to do? No, what? They're going to change the, all the courts? Yes, I did. I, I only saw the Bulls one, to be honest. I didn't see I all mean, of them. That is a lot of red. That is awful looking. <laughs> that is extreme. <laughs> that's extreme red. But, you know, you got like the, the Hornets saying that's not really that bad. They're all going they? with, like, their secondary color on the court. But on the court. Like this is this That's, is video game stuff. Yeah. What's so wrong with a court looking like a court? If you want to have like Indianapolis, there you go. <laughs> I kind of actually. That's trash. Kind of actually like the Indian. Not their colors. The Indian in the middle is fine. But that's not their colors. Lakers is pretty basic, but there's another red one Ugh. for the Heat. Disgusting. I mean, look at that. New Orleans. Oh. <laughs> purple. purple. It's a purple and green. Green. Uh. green. That's odd. Who decided on these? Big, bright orange for New York. The Why? Knicks. There's 76ers with the red and purple again with the uh, Suns uh. and blue. Those colors don't mesh uh. well at all. <laughs> With the trophy that they get for the in-season trophy. Purple and orange would have been great. (sighs) Why can't we just have a normal court? San Antonio is kind of weird. Doesn't really fit with the Spurs at all. 
None of them fit. That's I don't I don't mind that that purple for purple. Utah. <laughs> it's purple on purple. Yeah, they're getting wild with these courts. But why? This is video game stuff. I why? guess to make it show you that, that it's the in season tournament game to d- differentiate between a regular season game and a play in game or a in season tournament game. That's what it's all about. So we can change courts, so we can uh, charge more people money to get into the gates because we got to have a different, completely different court. Well, here we go, Travis. Um, a unique court designed and made specifically for each team in the NBA will only be used during the tournament as it's the first time you will see one aesthetic visual across all 30 teams because of um, the, you know, the thing uh, in the middle there, the NBA Cup trophy at midcourt. All of the teams will feature that Mm. um let's go wild they said about the design process we wanted to stay dynamic with the colors wherever we could along with being the first time the nba has orchestrated a league-wide floor design there's a mixture of other firsts this tournament course represent the first time any team in the league has gone fully painted with no natural wood gearing at any point it's Mm -hmm. also the first time that five nba teams the celtics lakers bulls Blazers, and Pelicans feature an alternative or second floor design in the history of their organization. Yeah, history of the franchise. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's time to switch things up. The Bulls. Put the focus on the stage and really have something from a broadcast standpoint to have something that really forces you to stop and look and focus. We think that was the right thing to do for this tournament at this time. From the comments from the players, they are actually jacked to play on the court. Jacked. Kevin Durant noticed the color right away when shown the court for the Suns. Quote, we're playing on a purple court in the NBA. Never done before, right? That's insane. End quote. (laughs) That is insane. (laughs) (sighs) Each court ties into the uniform the team will wear during the in-season tournament games. Uh, Different uniforms, too. Yes. The base colors range from the most popular red and gray shades to plenty of others, such as purple and even green in Boston. The apron and body of the court remain the same color, so the NBA increases the boundary line from 2 inches wide to 4 inches to help referees and players distinguish out of bounds. There you go. Uh, Let's get wild. They did. They used the NBA 2K, create a court. They said that they didn't want black or white and shade away from navy as a main color because it interrupted with the TV. Well, Those yeah, dark, that's... dark colors, light, light colors, like white TV does wacky things to them. Oh, yeah. that That's part of it, too. The white. And, Travis, don't forget, when the tournament moves to Las Vegas and the T-Mobile Arena for the final three games, that court will have a similar design that still features two dynamic colors in the runway aesthetic with the trophy branding Playing heavily. Yes. Oh, runway. I get it. How do we make them distinct when viewers turn the TV on? How do they know it features the in-season tournament? The NBA found a way. Yeah. (laughs) So you're seeing red if you go into the United Center for these games. Yeah. (laughs) Bulls. Just looking at them gives me a headache, Travis. (laughs) Yeah. The Bulls one is wild, and the Indy I like, and the Pelicans I just can't get over. The, the purple and green choice. Again, this goes back to how do we increase viewership? They think that the change in the court is going to increase viewership. Mm-hmm. 
Because people will stop and go, what's that? What the heck is that? <clears throat> the problem is they'll say, what's that? They'll watch it for two seconds and then go, oh, that looks dumb. Yep, so the group stage, group play for the uh, in-season tournament begins on Friday. So it looks like they got uh, Friday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday. We got the 3rd, 10th, 14th. I thought it was all going to be like one weekend. No, that's kind of a bummer. But, yeah. By the way, Travis, are you ready for your Aaron Rodgers update? What is it? He can put weight on his leg. Ooh, all Not right. jogging yet, but can put weight on his leg. All right. So let's there, go. There's that. There's that. Let's there's, go. There's he's that. gonna. He's gonna be back. Um. By the way, if you're wanting to go to the uh, NHL game at MetLife Stadium, ticket sales start. So there's that. Hmm. Completely Outdoor forgot about that. series at MetLife Stadium. Yep. Forgot about that. Clean the Devils playing their first outdoor game in franchise history. Devils will play the Flyers on February 17th. Rangers will play the Islanders on the 18th. So get two games outside, Travis. Nice. Now they just had the Heritage Classic Yep. as well in Canada. Uh, the Dolphins, by the way, are in Germany preparing for this weekend's matchup. So They are. Uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa says he hasn't been able to catch up on sleep, but he and his team have gotten to explore some of the uh, Sunday's host city. You'd much rather do that than get sleep, I guess. Yeah. And I like this. Who needs sleep? I like this, Travis. Another Iowa State Cyclone football player is joining a deal to promote pork. Pork. The Iowa Pork Producers Association says that Cyclones linebacker Alec Cook is being added to an NIL deal. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So Cook is being added to an NIL deal that includes players with the last names of Purchase, Moore, Hammond, and Bacon. <laughs> That's smart marketing by the pork producers. Nice. I do like that. <laughs> Cook, purchase more Hammond, H-A-M-M-A-N, Hammond, bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that make it better is if they were all offensive linemen. Like, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Literally the hog bellies. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. I like it. That's when I like the NIL. Yeah. When you tie into that. Yep. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's get to uh, this date. Let's get to this date in sports history. You want to do this date or NASCAR? This date in sports history. All right, on this day, Travis, all the way back in 1913, Notre Dame upset Navy 35-13. to The game is widely regarded as the game that ushered in the forward pass with Newt Rockney catching a touchdown pass. How about that? 1913, the first game forward pass. Newt Rockney. Yep. What a what a guy. When yeah. Uh nineteen thirty-eight, Seabiscuit beats reigning triple crown winner War Admiral at Pimlico Racecourse in Baltimore. On this day in nineteen fifty-nine, Jacques Plante is the first goalie to wear a molded fiberglass mask. Mm-hmm. Yep. On this date in two thousand one, Derek Jeter hits walk-off homer in the bottom of the tenth of World Series game four in the wee hours of November first, nicknamed Mr. November. Yep, that's such a nice story. Yep. Uh, on the state in 2003, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his first goal for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. 
On this day in 2008, down 33-32 to Texas with just seconds left. Texas Tech's Graham Harold hit Michael Crabtree near the sideline with two defenders on him. Crabtree shed the defender, snuck into the end zone for a thrilling 39-33 Texas Tech win over the Longhorns. That Remember was such that. a classic yep. game, yep. absolutely. Uh, on this date in 2010, the Giants win Game 5 against the Rangers to win their first World Series since 1954. Edgar Renteria's three-run homer is a key hit 13 years after he delivered the walk-off hit, which won the Marlins the 97 World Series. And finally, in 2015, the Royals rallied from a 2-0 ninth-inning deficit and beat the Mets in extra innings Game 5 to win their first World Series since 1985. Mm, yep. There you go. Nice. A lot of World Series stuff yep. there. Love it. Love it. Yep. yep. All right, so then uh, let's go ahead and close with some NASCAR, some NASCAR news. Okay, these are just these are just paint schemes. Paint schemes, yes. that's right. Um, so this weekend is the, the final race. 2311 Travis is doing something really cool, I think at least. Um, Bubba Wallace, for his car, he is having an X-Wing fighter scheme. That's right. Like from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Columbia is releasing a Star Wars collection, and they actually had a promotional video with him and Mark Hamill to announce the car. So it's Bubba wa- walking up and marking on Mark Hamill's door, mm-hmm. and then they go in the backyard. He hands him the keys, go in the backyard, and there's Bubba's car, but it looks like an X-Wing fighter. Ooh, nice. Including... As you'll see here in just a second, Travis, the mm-hmm. helmet. The helmet looks like Ooh, yeah. the like fighter that. helmet. Now, in response to that, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool, his teammate, Tyler Reddick, is going to be in a TIE fighter for the weekend, which is the dark side, which is Darth yeah. Vader's group. Yes. So you can see them fight for uh, position all Race awesome, line. I like that. That's that's using your brand and using your teammates to it, your advantage. Uh-huh. I like uh, it. Thing two, before I get to the other uh, um, paint scheme, is that uh, Sheldon Creed is in the two for the Xfinity race. Remember, there was talk about him not racing. He's mm-hmm. on the entry He's list in. to be in it. Now, if that car doesn't blow a motor in you know two laps or something, <laughs> which could, uh, I mean, let's be honest, so. It could happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the last one, Travis, is Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick making his final race. Yep, his final start. Final start. Kevin Harvick owns this track. He he has the most wins than anyone else. He has nine cup wins at Phoenix. No other active cup series driver has won more than three. And he has nine. This is his track. And so, because of that, Bush Beer is his sponsor. Yeah, they uh, are. Yeah, they are. But for this weekend, and I think this is very classy, for this weekend, Travis, they have taken almost all of their logos off the car. Okay. Bush Beer has. There is one Bush can right by the number four. But instead, they've given the car to Harvick. It literally has Harvick, Harvick. on the side and on the hood for where Bush Beer would be. Because Bush Beer said in the press release they wouldn't be here without Kevin Harvick. So it's only fitting that Kevin Harvick gets to drive for Kevin Harvick for his last race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a way you could rig it so he wins. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe. Maybe. If NASCAR is really rigged. Well, but that would interfere with the championship, Travis. That would. We can't have that. We can't have that. No, we we cannot. So we'll uh, be tuned in to that on uh, Sunday. We'll be doing NASCAR pick later this week. Yep, NASCAR pick them. Coming at you. Hopefully, we don't uh, finish tied so we don't have to go to the uh, oh, tiebreaker. I hope we don't go to the tiebreaker. finish tie. <laughs> no, that would not be good. You pick first, right? Did you win last week? Yes, you yes, did. Yes, I did. Yep. So you'll pick first. I go first. Uh, Very good. Very good. We'll talk about that and we'll hit up on the rest of the. Uh, High school football matchups yep. as well, and the pick 'em, of course, as well. All right, uh, so uh, that will do it here for us uh, today. Uh, thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.